Children can't change into someone unless they know what to change out of. So change, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, explains that change is a taking off of the old, a putting on of the new, and a renewing of the mind, which is done in the holy, accurate word of God. So for our children to become patient, they have to know what to take off. For our children to become um, agreeable, they have to stop arguing, which means they have to be willing to submit. They have to be willing to be flexible, which means they take off pride, which is I have to have it my way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler, where our goal is to help you thrive in your homeschool journey. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen or watch, including YouTube, and leave us a review if this podcast has encouraged you. Leaving a review helps other homeschool parents like you find our podcast, so we do appreciate that. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook for more content. So today, I am so excited to have with us a very special guest, Dr. Kathy Cook. Dr. Kathy is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, based in Fort Worth, Texas. She has an earned PhD in reading and and educational psychology from Purdue University. A little tongue-tied here today. Uh, Dr. Kathy has influenced thousands of parents, teachers, and children around the globe, including me, through her speaking and writing ministries. She's the author of seven books, including Parent Differently, Raise Kids with Biblical Character That Changes Culture. And that is what we will be discussing today. So stick around. You will be really encouraged by this episode. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make. But one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. Welcome, Dr. Kathy. We have so much to talk about today. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for the invitation. And I'm trying to remember the last time we were together. I think it might have been in Arizona at AFHE. We were on a panel together. Wow, and, um, you might be right. And um, so that that was a couple of years ago. But I also remember hearing you give the keynote. Um, I was for a commissioning ceremony for a Biblical Worldview Fellowship program. I was in the Colts and Fellows program. Oh. And it was in Texas. You were amazing. So um, I know you're constantly speaking and writing, and we are all grateful for that. Well, thank you. That's really kind. I'm glad to know that you were there in the audience. I remember that now. And 
that was a significant message. God was in that place. It, and, it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, I remember you got a standing O that lasted forever. I mean, yeah. people were just moved tremendously. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell Thank us you. a little bit about your background and how you got interested and involved in the homeschooling community. Yeah, I appreciate that question. So, um, yeah, my ministry is called Celebrate Kids, and I was a celebrated kid. So some people start ministries because they didn't have what they wanted to have, and they start out of brokenness, which is fine. I come from a wonderful family, an older brother who I dearly love, who married my best friend. You can't have anything better than that. Grandfather was mayor of my city growing up, so I grew up with role models and all those kinds of things. Public school all the way through and taught second graders in a public school and was a university professor in a secular university for seven years prior to doing the ministry that I have now. And I was a school board member of a Christian school, which is how I got involved in Christian education. And that's what got me thinking about, okay, what really makes it a Christian education versus a public secular education? I was looking for differences and I came down to Texas, started my ministry. I was doing a lot of Christian school work, a little bit of public school work. And the right person heard me speak somewhere who recommended me to someone who coordinates significantly large homeschool conventions and recommended me. And uh, Zan, as you know, I'm not married and I'm not a parent. So I've never homeschooled any kids. So I have a ministry called Celebrate Kids. I've worked with parents all over the globe and I'm not a parent. And uh, some people kind of laugh and maybe they want to exit the room and they think I've lost all credibility. But I don't think that's the case. I approach children with a very um, uh, excellent practice kind of point of view, you know, what would be best here and uh, so anyway, there were some people who said, oh, you, she can't teach at homeschool conventions. She's never homeschooled kids. And uh, people stood up for me and said, no, but her content is exactly what so homeschool good. parents that's need. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. And you know what? I love the homeschool community, Dan. That's where these are the parents who want to disciple kids. I found out very quickly, my first year at a homeschool event, there was, there was love. The whole family. I love watching moms and dads holding their hands, walking through the exhibit hall with 2.5 kids. You know, it's just, it's just. Or 10.5 kids. Or 10.5 <laughs> kids, yeah. Um, it's the place where you get the dad, and I want to get the dad because he is ought, he ought to be the primary discipler. And in so many other venues where I go, unfortunately, the dad stays home and takes care of the kids and maybe sends the mom to the event. So I've loved it. I, I love the, the parenting I get to do there because you know what, Zian? Homeschooling, excellent homeschooling is an extension of excellent parenting. Hmm. So true. I appreciate I'm not an expert on curriculum. I'm not an expert on... Now, I'm an expert on some things because of my earned degree and all of my experiences, but I'm, I, I'm not an expert on homeschooling. I'm an expert on child development and, you know, parenting and what works and all of that. And because of that, I get to come into this opportunity to talk about relationship building and, and things that matter. Um, yeah, I'm so privileged. I'm so privileged. So today, we're going to start with the end of the book. Um, I learned this trick from my husband. So I'm a voracious reader, and I will say my husband is a reader. So he were we were listening to some novel together, Audible or something, while we were walking. And he said, I am not listening to this book for another 10 hours. So he finds the book online, reads the last chapter, and says, okay, now I know how it ends. And I said, you can't do that. That's sacrilegious. You know? And he said, oh, I did all that, that all the time growing up. So, no. I, so it does, it has made me curious sometimes. And then there have been a few books I've been willing to do that for that I started that I thought, I am not investing 10 hours in this book. <laughs> uh, but I do want to know how it ends. So, so today I'm going to take you to the end of your book where you say, always study your children. 
So, mm. you know, when I'm speaking at homeschooling parents, I'm always saying you've got to become students of your children. You have yes. to. This only way to 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 mold an education for them that's unique. But tell me why you think that's so important. Oh, as, as you said, you know, children are unique. Um, they're created in God's image, not ours. So they may not even have a whole lot in common with us, actually. And there are unique learning differences. They have unique interests and strengths and maybe deficits, if you will, and um, ways for us to relate with them. There are different smarts, different love languages, all kinds of things. And we don't teach science. We don't teach Bible. We don't teach health. We don't teach math or history or spelling or reading. We teach children. And I like to say, you know, if you lose sight of that, quit your job. Because, you know, we, we don't, you don't teach math. In the public and, and Christian school sector, I even say you don't teach second grade, you teach second graders, but better than that, you teach Paul, Jose, Lisa, and Alice. And so for these homeschool moms and dads, know your children. Who's a morning person and who's an evening person? You know, if you're homeschooling a kid who's not good in the morning, don't teach reading in the morning if that's the most important academic discipline to you. Mm -hmm. And maybe don't start with a Bible devotion. <gasps> Whoa, even though everyone says quiet time in the morning. You know, I'm not a morning person. I do my quiet time at night and I'm not going to apologize for that. And so we need to know who we are. We need to know who our kids are so that we can be successful. Zan, they have to be known. Kids have to feel known. They have to feel visible and acknowledged in our space for who they are. It's so significant. You know, I can't remember whether it was J.I. Packer or C.S. Lewis who said the greatest thing about God is not knowing him, but that he knows us oh, oh. and he's not surprised by any fault or sin, or, you know, but he knows mm. us and he loves us. That's so powerful. I mean, that's really mm. a powerful statement. So now that we started with the end, I'm going to go back <laughs> to the forward um, because I see where mm. the Benham brothers did the forward and I really enjoyed reading them. I met them actually at one of their houses, one of the, I can't remember yeah. whether it was Jason or David at, at a meeting with Heidi St. John. And so it was, yeah. you know, just so much fun. I mean, there was a lot of serious time, but it was just a great meeting. And they have a quote in the foreword that I think is so powerful. Their dad, who is a pastor, a pro-life pastor, says, if your theology doesn't become biography, then your theology is worthless. And I think that describes your book because that's what you're trying mm. to to do. Um, so uh, page 17, you say character matters today and it determines destiny. Mm. So talk to us about that a little bit, because that that's a really loaded statement that character determines destiny. So explain to us why this is so important. I appreciate that. Character is our firm foundation um, because Jesus is our firm foundation as believers. And we're, called, we're told in the scripture to become like him. Character marks us. Uh, the word character comes from uh, Greek and Latin origins that talks about marking us. We're engraved. It's our reputation, right? If you and I were talking about somebody we know in common, David and Jason Benham or Heidi St. John, we would eventually get around to talking about character. It is reputation. Character is the bedrock of our decision-making. If I'm generous, I make decisions differently from if I'm stingy. If I respect others, if I'm other-centered, if I'm patient, if I'm uh, optimistic, if I'm resilient, I make decisions differently than if I'm not those things. So that's why our destiny comes from our character. It's also where our values reside, I think. Um, do we value 
this or that is part of our character, which again, changes our decision-making, changes our reputation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's key. And it's what we've, we've got to teach it, Zan. We've mm -hmm. got to teach mm -hmm. it. You can't just wake up, snap your fingers and assume that a kid's going to go from, you know, being timid to being courageous. It, it has to be modeled and taught. You know, it's interesting because in the 21 years that I homeschooled, and I think it was like from 84, 1984 to 2005, one of the things I watched changed is I remember growing up in school, we always talked about right and wrong. Um, you know, the longer I homeschooled, I realized one day I never hear anybody use the words right and wrong anymore because everything is relative. When you live in yeah. a relativistic society, you lose those markers of right and wrong. So I'm going to go back to the end of your book one more time and tell people that you've got an appendix that is so helpful. You name mm. 48 character traits. You call them by name and you also give the opposite of what those traits are and and you can tell us why you did that in just a minute but you know so parents who never had character education and never grew up with words right and wrong need this list i need this list for my grandkids i'm mm. just, i was so excited reading through the list today um but tell us why you included the opposite uh, you know the opposite the antithesis of the character trait right right no thanks for asking that question Right. I chose 48. I, I could have done 100. One of my books has 120, I think, but I didn't want to overwhelm. So I did the 48. And then, as you know, a top 13 baker's dozen where I think we start our prioritizing. But I, I, create, I, I made the list of the negatives because sometimes it's the negative that we're familiar with. We know that our kid is obnoxious or we know that our kid is argumentative. We know that our kid is impatient or is rude and demands the last word or there are these behaviors. There's these behaviors we observe that are actually rooted in negative character. And so from the negative, the, the appendix will help us see, oh, this is what I need to emphasize instead. So this is the opposite. The other reason that they're there is children can't change into someone unless they know what to change out of. Mm -hmm. So change, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, explains that change is a taking off of the old, a putting on of the new, and a renewing of the mind, which is done in the holy, accurate word of God. So for children to become patient, they have to know what to take off. For our children to become um, agreeable, which is one of the top 48, they have to stop arguing, which means they have to be willing to submit. They have to be willing to be flexible, which means they take off pride, which is I have to have it my way. So I'm very hopeful that that will be a practical piece that people will maybe make a copy of and put up on a bulletin board or, you know, write mm -hmm. out by hand Absolutely. for memorization. I'm yep. really hoping. So thanks for affirming me that that was a good idea. I appreciate you oh, doing that. Oh, great idea. And, you know, in your book, I love that uh, here again, I think this is on page 17 again, Dr. Kathy. So if you, you need to refer to it, because I know you can't remember everything you say about every page. No. <laughs> and this was one of these thoughts that I had last minute. So many people say I could never homeschool because I'm not patient enough. Oh. And I think, oh, my word, especially before I married my husband, I was one of the most impatient people in the world um, because I was a get her done type person. And anything that got in my way, you know, I, I did this personality test when I worked at Broadman and Holman Publishers. And one of the things it said is that I view a red light as something from the devil that's stopping me from getting to the, the finish line. So, so, you know, you, you talk about um, what caused me to be patient. I love the answer you gave. Do you, mm. I, I, I 
can read the words that meant so much to me if you don't have it right there in front of me. But go ahead and I'd love to hear you read it and then I'll elaborate. I'd love to hear your okay. enthusiasm in your voice. Glorifying God through my choices is important to me. I don't think mm. I'll ever forget that because, and then I can't believe you did this. So you talk about patience within the confines of travel and you and I both yes. travel all the time. <laughs> and man, I thought homeschooling tested your patience until I started flying post COVID, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about all the times I was impatient with a flight attendant or the poor person at the desk. Cause you got to get to this conference, you know? And, and right, so I just right. want you to know that that section on um, patience she did is really good. And it was really convicting for me. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, I, somebody asked me the other day, was I surprised by anything as I wrote the book? And one of the things that surprised me was the new revelation or the additional revelation that character qualities are always connected. So the, the example from the airport, I was in, in line waiting to catch a flight, 5.30 in the morning, had lost a suitcase, way too many people in line, everyone's complaining, and, and I wasn't. And I don't say that arrogantly. I, I try to be a believer, you know, you're right, like you're Jesus right. would. And I got up to the desk. They had my suitcase. I didn't gripe and complain. Why didn't you bring it to the bed and breakfast? I simply said, thank you. Got on the plane and it, it just hit me, Zan, like, why was I able to be patient? Everyone around me was moaning and, and, and complaining and asking for supervisors. And what dawned on me was that I was patient because I'm compassionate, high value, one of the top 13. I was patient because I'm other centered. I care more about others than I do myself. I was patient because I'm optimistic and I want to think the best for people and of people. And that was the revelation that when we're teaching character to children, we can teach them in bundles. So if I have a child who isn't very patient, maybe we need to teach compassion at the same time that we teach patient. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. or maybe we ask the Lord to reveal why are they so impatient and we find out that they're jealous. Their sister's quicker and they're, they're nervous and full of fear when they're, they're, they're afraid they're going to be compared. And so they develop a critical spirit. They develop an impatience with themselves. And now we know what they need to take off in order for what they put on. So that was an important truth for me. And I'm hoping that it helps parents realize you can teach the qualities together and talk about more than one at the same time. And then absolutely this glorifying God idea. It's one of the reasons that I'm a fan of biblical character. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do what I do to develop a great reputation. So I'm known as a great person. That's prideful. I want to develop a reputation that honors God and puts him on display. And I know that you do as well. Your whole team does. And that's significant because, again, the culture would be screaming, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? The culture mm -hmm. would be screaming, there's no right and wrong, just be whatever you want. But we're not led by culture. You and I are led by the Holy Word of God, which would say right. there is a right, there is a wrong, and let's glorify him in the choices that we make. Well, it's a great section, and it's a great way to start off because so many parents do think, I can't homeschool because I'm not patient enough. So you mm -hmm. give us this little prescription about, you know, we love our kids. We, you know, if we love our kids and we're more focused on them than ourselves, then we can learn patience. So, And when we know our kids, back to what you said at the very beginning that I ended the book with, that I talk about often, when we know our children, what turns them on and ticks them off and what they like and what they're fearful of, then we'll develop the patience to love them well in those moments. People who have never homeschooled may assume they can't because they haven't. Right. And they're comparing That's right. homeschooling to the system over there and it's not like it at all. Oh my goodness. Relationships are better. Sibling rivalry goes away. There's so many things that you benefit from when you choose to home educate your kids. 
And all of that allows patients to become easy. And it's hard for people to believe that, but I know it's true because I've observed it happen in so many families. That's right. And like you say, I can't remember if I heard this on a podcast or read it in your book. You were talking about we school differently because Mm -hmm. it is your home, your child, your school. And so I think those things are so important for parents to remember. So it's not like you're teaching 17 kids. What you said earlier was brilliant. We don't start with the scope and sequence chart. We start with the child. We don't start yes. with the curriculum. We start with the child. And that changes everything. It does. You know, what are their purposes? What are their Ephesians 2.10 giftings? You know, Ephesians 2.10, we're gifted in advance to do good work that we would walk in them. So when you discover, like, if you have a chatty Cathy like me, like I was chatty Cathy when I was two and a half years old, and now people pay me to talk. Like, it's an amazing <laughs> thing. But, right. you know, and I don't do it for the money, but, you know, you and I get paid. And but what's, what's cool about that is that I'm able now to use words as ministry because I was raised in a home where my words were seen as good. My parents saw the words in me as a strength to develop, not a problem to eliminate. Hmm. They didn't say, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, go away, I'm sick of your talking. They enrolled me in children's theater. They said, go talk there a while. That's yeah. a true story. <laughs> you know. And when I was a high school student, I joined, the, I joined the speech team and I gave speeches and earned ribbons doing so. And now I give speeches. And so childhood causes adulthood and today causes tomorrow and leads to tomorrow. So we got to pay attention and you can do this so much better in a homeschool family than you can in a family that sends kids off to a different type of school option. Because when you know them, they'll know you and that gives you extra power. Thanks so much for being with us today for part one of this two-part series with Dr. Kathy. I hope this conversation was as inspiring for you as it was for me. So make sure to join us next week as we finish this conversation with Dr. Kathy. We'll wrap up our conversation on biblical character and the importance of that. And we'll also talk about the things like eight great smarts and the different ways that different children learn. So make sure you stay tuned. You can find Dr. Kathy at CelebrateKids.com and you can find me at Zantyler.com. Thanks so much for being with us today. May God continue to bless your family and until next time, bye.